<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this is 99 miles per hour with Percy Garner. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Your Pizza, the finest pizza anywhere. But if you don't like pizza, which everyone does, they got wings, sandwiches, subs, and of course, salads for those of you who like to be healthy, not like me. Uh, also, I would like to mention the network that allows me to have this podcast, and that is the Get Level Podcast Network. There's plenty of other podcasts, a lot of content to get through. And uh, also, go check out the website, getlevelpod.com. It'll be up some, somewhere around here. Uh, go there, check out all the websites. You can also listen. Uh, if you don't want to watch the whole thing, you can listen uh, audible without any interruptions. And then also, to the Rainbow Connection, uh, I am the new executive director there, and we are having our telethon uh, that we have every year, and we're expecting big things, even though in these tough times, uh, we know the community can always come through. That is March 7th, and starting at 11 a.m. And then also, my, my scholarship fund, also trying to raise uh, money for a Dover student uh, in these hard times to, to get some help uh, for them to attend college. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to me, Casa. Make yourself at home. Do your do. Welcome to my pad. This your lab. Go create your move. What's good, everybody? This is 99 Miles Per Hour with your host, me, Percy Garner. And we have a special guest. But before we get to our special guest, we have a special review on the Apple Podcast platform. And I thought I would read it since I'm a little behind. We won't mention the date that this was uh, submitted. But uh, we like to read these. So if you submit a review for us, uh, we'll read it on air for you. So J.D. Tusk. Uh, wrote well first of all they gave us a five-star rating which everyone should because we're the best podcast ever uh, but she said you're doing a great job with the podcast i especially enjoy the one with your son that was a fun one i also like to hear from everyone i, I don't see at 5 a.m anymore <laughs> she says hi guys so we appreciate that jd tusk whoever you are but uh, uh we don't need that making any noise during this episode Let's get to our guest. So I'm going to introduce this this person. It's there's I don't want to make it a five minute introduction, but uh, someone special that I have just uh, got to know recently. I think in the last couple months, maybe, <laughs> and uh, just the the time that he's put in with pouring into me and you know giving me books that have uh, educated me on a level that didn't anticipate. And uh, even though he did apologize that he was giving me homework the first time he was meeting me. Uh, but this this gentleman is a top tier businessman. He is a former former army. Yes, he said the only one that matters. But I just want to make sure <laughs> the rest are just support. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but everyone knows this guy around this community, and uh, I'm glad to have him on the show. Chris Lane, everybody, how's it how's it going? It's great, Percy. Thanks for having me on. I've known you a lot longer than you've known me. <laughs> Uh, you were my introduction to Dover. I arrived in Dover in 2006, and I uh, lived, uh, you now know, about a block from the Crater Stadium. Uh, and I got to uh, witness what it was for the marching tornadoes to come up, the, the the trail of death or the walk of death or the march of death. or I don't know, but it was fascinating to watch this small-town band march up to the stadium, and then I got to watch you and Daniel Lift do your thing on Friday night. Mm, isn't it amazing, though? Like, I just know... You know, I don't pay attention to the band until I got to high school. Um, it's just crazy, and I'm just like, man, these these people are so talented. If I didn't play, if football didn't exist, I would have been all of in the band. And then when I watched Drumline, I was like, man, should I have played football or should? I? 
but uh but no I'm, I'm glad i could introduce you to dover and um not being too far from the stadium hopefully you heard my name a lot from the pa of jim cantini but <laughs> absolutely but um but i'm glad to have you on the show and i'm uh i'm very excited to get into this and uh hopefully the viewers can uh, learn a little something today um not just about you but just something that can improve their lives but first let's just talk about you know stuff that's going on right now and it's hard not to mention uh covid but let's just <laughs> i guess touch on you know you being in the restaurant business and uh just how has that been during COVID? I know we can't eat inside, but. Well, it depends on where you go. You know, the, the, the constraints of eating inside are really self-inflicted. We're allowed legally to have people eat inside, but the complexity and the confidence and the, the ability of people that, that just isn't there yet. So, you know, it is a whole nother world. And it's, it's amazing that in about four weeks, we're going to hit one year. People Dang. don't really do that that math, but it was I think it was March 16th is the day I closed yeah. our dining rooms. That was in response to a, an order from the the governor. Um, very soon after, we did open up for a carry out and um, to go, but it, it's been a, a whole new world in the restaurant business. Um, you know, the, the mom and pop shops without delivery, without digital platforms, without some of these other things, struggled so hard. But the most impressive thing. I have a drive-through. I had a drive-through for 50 years. I had a leg ahead. But I'll tell you what, the the local restaurants that that got creative and found a way with the support of the community, it it was absolutely fascinating. And that I took a lot of pleasure in doing that very early on in the COVID process was I had easy access to to customers. But I really made an important decision to tell the story of all the people who didn't. And I really took to social media and just started sharing all these gems because I found them. I was like, well, I want to try something new. So I went on this, this rampage of just trying to eat somewhere different every week. Um, and it was on Tuesdays. Uh, Dr. Pepper f- um, did a promotion where it was Takeout Tuesday. Okay. Na- that National Takeout Night or something. And I found so many local gems uh, just through the process of COVID. And I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of people in our community found these restaurants that they really didn't know existed and and our local restaurateurs killed it really see i i kind of opened my book to uh i fell in love with pad thai when i lived in florida so now and i have no excuse you know i was on facebook there's a facebook group committed to it you know i forget what it's called but i i love to eat and i should have been on there finding out but i had their pad thai the other day i forget the name do you know the name that has him fisher yes yes Tim and fisher wow i the hate best that kept secret <laughs> I'm mad that I'm on this low carb diet now or else I'd be tearing her chicken pad thai up again. But um, that's that's cool that you've, you know, obviously in that time, it's very easy to be selfish. Um, but obviously that's not uh, your personality type. And uh, we enjoy that in different areas. Rainbow Connection enjoys that. And I'm sure, you know, uh, United Way and plenty other uh, places and organizations around this community do. But uh, I'm just like, you know, obviously you gave me, you know, the, some books to read and, um, it just made an impact. And then I was at Wendy's with you and I was talking to, you know, some of the people that work there and they're like, Oh yeah. He, I was like, had the books with me and they're like, Oh, he gave you books too. Right. So I was like, that's just something. And I think I'm going to pick that up from you. I think, uh, you know, the books I read, they're just sitting on the shelf at home. So, uh, moving forward, especially the ones I like, like the the one I'm reading now that you shared with me that we'll probably touch on a little bit. Uh, I'm going to be giving that to somebody, maybe Josh. I don't know. We'll see. But 
probably that's one aspect we're about to get to into into this next you know topic and that's just how do you stay sane with this crazy world and maybe reading books and stuff is one of them (laughs) yeah you know sanity in this new world or this new normal or whatever we want to call it really you know i I have a i think it's probably the the army in me Mm -hmm. never left i'm a very regimented and routine kind of guy so as as different as the world is I don't really see it much differently because my routines are still normal. I get up early, I read, I hang out with my kids, I go to work all the time, and I just I look for places to still go out and serve in the community. So as different as it is, it's still a lot of the same. But I think really what helped me stay sane in this was I picked up a new author, you know, speaking of books, yeah, okay. John Gordon. And I know you were reading yeah. the energy bus and there's the coffee bean and there's so many little nuggets or uh, the positive dog or some different things. It's so easy between COVID and politics and just stuff to get absolutely obliterated with the negativity, yeah. um, you know, and, and people turn to, well, I'm going to leave Facebook or whatever, you know, running away from negativity you're never going to win the race. <laughs> you you got to stand up and punch it right in the face with some positive thoughts and say, let's get after it. Let, let's get down and, and I'm going to win. I like that. Dang. I might have to steal that. Uh, if you see that post on my social media page, coming. <laughs> that was amazing. I think that should be the title, <laughs> but um, man, that's, that's definitely something that everyone can take. I know my wife just said, you know what? I, I and not, it wasn't all the, negativity it was just she just felt like she was on it too much but she just she just shut down her facebook for a while so <laughs> but. no and, and and that's okay i'm not saying don't make changes but you know one of the biggest changes that it it really hit me square in the eyes i mean you want to talk about an 8 ounce boxing glove uh right right in the the chops from mike tyson get to versus have to mm. i get to get on facebook and stay connected to my people I don't have to get on Facebook to find out what's going on in the world or, or get in an argument. or get, I get to get on there and contribute and find out and see and learn and share. So really that get to versus have to mentality is, is the secret. Love it. Dang. Man, I'm so glad I got you on this show. This is some, some good stuff. Um, now, I know when we were on the doing the WJR thing together and uh you know obviously we love WJR they do a lot for everyone in the community and now I've been listening to them all the time uh and I love the show that Ryan and Michelle do all the time so I might have to sneak in and get in there a little bit but uh <laughs> this this new virtual lifestyle that we've had to I guess adopt there's been some good and some bad uh but I know you've been on your own calls all the time and I guess how has that do you think it's you know, good, bad, or do you just feel like, well, it's just the same old, same old. It's just, I'm not looking at people on their face. <laughs> no, uh, that, that's a good question, Percy. And you know, it, it is good. We've learned new ways to communicate and connect, right? Um, the, the, the virtual zoom or teams or go to meeting or whatever the, the platform is, the, the feedback that we get from the vi- visual cues, the nonverbal contact that you don't get on a phone conversation or a, a conference call quote, if you will. But, you know, it, it's created a new expectation that we're always accessible. So the answer to that is if you didn't have boundaries before this, 
you're in deep trouble. <laughs> yeah. You are in some serious trouble. But if you've had boundaries and you've practiced regimented routines, you've, you've probably changed those boundaries a bit, but you've learned when to turn it off. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things that you said before we got on here was, give me my phone and let me find airplane mode. There are people who don't even know airplane mode exists on their phone. And it's important to be able to set that time aside to be present and be connected. Um, you know, the, the, the topic, I was just talking to a new group of people. Every year I take five or six people in our company, and, and I just I spend a year kind of pouring into them and just nice. trying to develop them. And um, they asked me a hard question, and I, 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 I pushed back a little bit, and I said, you know, it, it's not that work-life balance isn't, understood i think people don't practice it yeah because what they try to practice is if you think about a teeter-totter a teeter-totter in balance ain't no fun no you're sitting there right (laughs) yeah it's you gotta have somebody who's active and participating and you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down and if you have the wrong person on the other side it's a really bumpy ride right (laughs) but you know, it, work-life balance is about being present when you're there. So sometimes work is more important, and I've got to disconnect from the family a bit and go go really tend to business. But then I get the privilege of doing the same thing on the opposite side. Mm. Yeah, I've been over here for a bit. Let, let me disengage here and go really spend some quality time with my family. Um, you know, and, and as a business owner, that's hard to do, especially when you're on vacation, right? But, you know, you, you figure out the boundaries, you figure out the rules, and then when you're with your family, you're present. That mm. doesn't mean you're always 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm 70-30, 60-40, um, but over a long span, it equals out. But balance is not necessarily about being even. It's about knowing where your priorities are and pouring your energy into that at that time. And then surrounding yourself with people who can say you should probably come down from that high point on your teeter totter for a bit and go see what else the world has to offer. I like that analogy. I might uh, have to draw that or give me a, a teeter totter background for my phone or something just to understand that. Cause I, I mean, I like to be reminded, you know, I used to, when I was playing baseball, I had Philippians, you know, most people say four thirteen, but I like four eight just because, you know, our thoughts are, you know, the main focus and whenever we think something, then eventually it leads to us, you know, leads to an action. So, you know, Philippians 4, 8 was always talking about, you know, think about things that are worthy of praise and that are good and all that stuff. And obviously we get that negative stuff in there, but, um, you know, that's when you kind of catch yourself. But that's something I like to remind myself daily and, and to, to continue having, you know, the, the positive thoughts. Because when I'm at business, I have positive thoughts. I don't really think about, oh, man, I don't know if I can get this done today. But for some reason, when I'm with my family, I just sometimes those those bad thoughts of something happening, you know, if I'm not there, they creep in. But um, I think it's very important that, you know, positivity, we just punch negativity in the face and, and hopefully it's with a Mike Tyson power punch. But <laughs> but uh, I guess you kind of led right into this uh, thing. It's almost like, you know, what's going on in the show. But <laughs> um, I kind of want to talk about, uh, I mean, if there's something you feel like you didn't touch, but the the parenting and running a business. Um, and then I guess if you want to just put that in with friendships and marriage and all, all in one, because I've already experienced the dynamic you got in your marriage where, well, yeah, I guess every so marriage, the, the, it, the wife is always right. But, but Well, absolutely. <laughs> There's no argument there, but you know, that that's an, that's an interesting aspect that I probably have different than a lot of other folks who are, are business owners, things like that is my wife and I are both involved in the sure. business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
we really have to know and practice boundaries. Otherwise, we're always talking about work. You know, we got to know when to leave it and when to have those things aside. So that was a, a tough sludge for me to learn. When I first got back here, I was fully immersed. And that's probably, you know, you asked me a question at one point in time about th- things that Emily brings to me or, or um, you know, blind spots. Yeah. Great, great book. Great book. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, other things. I am an all in kind of guy. If I'm doing it, I'm, I'm all in and forget yeah. everything else. Um, you know, speaking of balance, um, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll get going and then I'll be almost done. And then I'll go find something else to be excited about. <laughs> so, you that know, reminds me of um, me. that reminds me of me. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so true. And you don't realize that until somebody's willing to pull you aside and say, Hey, you think you might want to finish that thing? <laughs> It'd be a lot better if you colored in that corner that's missing, um, you know, or, or whatever you're doing. So, um, you know, marriage is a tough sludge and, and especially when you mix it with business and, um, you know, everything they say about family business is absolutely true. It's the greatest thing in the world and it's the hardest thing in the world. Uh, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, gave up a, a very successful military career to come back and my wife followed me for seven years through the army. She gave up everything she wanted to do, law school, teaching, you name it. She gave it up and followed me. We came to a point where we had just had our son, Lucas, and I was getting ready to transition to a new duty station, and I came down on orders to go to Okinawa, Japan. I was so excited. I was hand-selected for the assignment. I knew who I was going to work for, and I got to take my family with me for three years, something that doesn't usually happen for Army people. Yeah, Emily looked at me and she said, if you go, you're going alone. I'm not raising my kid in a foreign country. <laughs> well, <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's amazing that her dedication to that principle really led to where we are today. And uh, we'll have been married for 20 years this year. Wow. And it hasn't always been easy. Um, she's, she's much more of a saint than I am. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it's been a great process of learning and growing, and, and the next 20 are going to be even better. Yeah, I like that attitude because, you know, mine was – it was rough for me playing baseball, being gone seven months out of the year, and, you know, her being able to visit every so often, especially when we had kids. And that was always tugging at me. And I did retire a little earlier probably than I originally planned, um, but it turns out to be, you know, a great move, especially – being in the position I'm in, I'm at home with my family. We got a nice, beautiful house, and I'm spending way more time uh, with my my kids than I ever have. You know, my daughter doesn't know me as a baseball player, so that's good. And because uh, my wife, she already gives me hard enough time for not. She was on it. You know, she was always. You know, that was a terrible game today. <laughs> so it's good to you know have someone that doesn't know about baseball. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Percy, you mentioned that, and it, it's something that you probably don't realize, but we share tremendously in our, our marriages. Um, you know, in the Army, I was gone. In seven years, I think I was gone for four and a half of them. Wow. Um, co- constantly in schools or deployed or in the field or whatever it was. And, you know, you'll, you have to learn to communicate and not just talk, yeah. but genuinely connect. And and when you're not there every day, you don't have the, the privilege of coming home and seeing them and and getting that physical connection, as hard as it is, that is probably what has saved our marriage more times than not, is our ability to say, let's separate, but let's communicate and work through this thing, and then we'll come back together and, and, and figure out how to be together again. But it, it's, a, it's a skill that not everybody mm-hmm. gets, 
but I think everybody needs. Because when you're constantly in the room with someone, it's really hard to overcome some of those emotions and set that aside and really get down to what's important as to what the real problem is. So having the ability to be gone from one another, although it wasn't fun at the time, as I look back, greatest blessing I ever got was figuring out how to do that. And, you know, you, you mentioned your wife was on it and she would, would, would see your games and things like that. But on the other hand, she'd be the first one to say congratulations, things like, you know, and, and I don't openly share this story with many, but, you know, one of the hardest things that my wife and I ever had to go through was on two of our deployments, as I deployed, we had just learned we were pregnant. Mm. Wow. As I got into country and integrated, by the time we had our first conversations, we'd had a miscarriage. Wow. And by we, I mean she. Yeah. And I was in a whole nother land and I was absolutely helpless, but I had to figure out how to be there for my wife yeah. to make her feel important and nurtured and caring and the resources around her. And it wasn't just me. She was supported by a great network of, of other army spouses, but that skill really has led us to the success of 20 years that we're on now. Wow. I mean, that, that's tough to deal with for anybody, especially, you know, as, as men, we like to, especially in that, in that arena with our wives and going through something, you know, tragic or anything like that, we like to be there to, to help. And I've, I'm sure we share this where you're just like, man, it's just nothing. There's nothing. I always think a law-abiding citizen. Now, obviously, that's not, <laughs> that's not a great comparison. But those are the thoughts I have sometimes at my low yeah. points. And I'm like, oh, man, I really would, you know, that would be the worst thing where you can't help your family. But, um. I think you guys have been, you know, even though I haven't spent much time with you, just and a little, I have less time with Emily, but just uh, you see in your, your dynamic and, and your kids and how, you know, confident they are and not like, you, I, you know, shy and, you know, Lucas, I met him and he was, um, you know, participating in the, the adult conversation and not that he's, you know, super young, but it was just... I really noticed, like, okay, like, this guy's family, they's, they've got it together. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you know, we, we, I think we do a really good job with our kids, but we're surrounded by a whole network of teachers and church staff and, and those kinds of things. And absolutely, Emily and I play a very significant role in being good examples and putting them in positions where they're uncomfortable. Mm. And, but, but doing it from a, a, a position of love where we can support them and help them. But we let them fail, right? It, yeah. it, there's nothing wrong with pulling your son aside and saying, okay, next time, how about you look him in the eye when you shake his hand? Mm. Okay, dad. Yeah. But you do that, and the next thing you know it, you've got this young, confident man or this young, confident girl that could walk into a room and not run away or have hives because they know they have the skills to get through it. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, that's a small story I think about um, – Last year, Emily and I were recognized as Citizens of the Year from the Chamber of Commerce. It came nice. down as a complete surprise. But we were privileged enough to be able to figure out how to get our family there and our kids there. And watching people come up to us, they would use our kids to get, like, in line, if you will, <laughs> for the next, you know, you're, yeah. you're everybody. But to stand back and watch them receive and greet people, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I couldn't have been prouder. They that's were doing so a way better job than Emily and I. Uh, <laughs> that's good to hear. I mean, I'm in my journey of raising my kids, and I'm 
it's just crazy the the milestones and you've been through the milestones that I'm going through now and you just you know you just smile and you know sometimes you make an effort to let them know hey I I, I admired how you did that you know and I do that with my son because I do come down on him sometimes a lot and sometimes a lot that oxymoron like the the fighting Quakers I'm sorry did I just say that? I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, um, it's it's important for me just because I always try. I'm trying to learn from the relationship I have with my dad and what I thought. So um, and I'm sure, you know, everyone does that. And you kind of get my grandpa was real strict. And then my dad was was less strict. And then, you know, me, it's a little bit different. My son gets away with, you know, hitting me on the noggin every once in a while, you know. But uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, coming from. I guess one great leader in Steve Van Horn. And then now uh, we're kind of developing a relationship and, and just seeing two different styles and, and leadership and they'll be both great, but just, I, I've I admired how you do things. And like, I, I guess the army and military, they've probably taught you a lot of, a lot of stuff about leadership, but is there anything like you learned I guess, randomly, or just is it little bits and pieces that you just pick up from everywhere that kind of just helped you cultivate, you know, your way of, of leading, um, not just your family, uh, but your staff at Wendy's and just anyone you come into contact with? Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I went to the Army because I forgot to grow up. Okay. I did it backwards. Um, went to college, graduated, got accepted to law school, decided I wanted to coach soccer, Got a great opportunity to coach soccer and run a hotel at my alma mater college. Um, did not end well. I was not ready for all of that. Gotcha. Um, knew I needed to change my environment. Um, chose to go to the Army and instantly just started learning. And Drill Sergeant Hall, very first guy, first day, never forget him. But I'll also say that I... I had a new admiration for what it meant to be in charge, mm. right? Um, and just because you're the the loudest or the strongest or the fastest or throw the hardest doesn't mean you're in charge. Somebody might put you there, but that doesn't mean you're actually in charge. And that was the one thing that I learned very early on in the Army is the guy in charge isn't always the leader. Mm. Um, that's the guy in charge, but the leader is really the person down here who's taking the time to connect with you and show you things. And you can learn something from anybody. And, and one of the things that I learned um, through, through that growing experience was take what you like from everybody and throw away the rest. Yeah. Right? Just because we're not going to be political here, but just because Donald Trump's a, a raging lunatic on Twitter doesn't mean that everything he does is bad. Yeah, yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that just because Barack Obama's a Democrat, everything he does is bad. Yeah. How, how about we find the good? Find the things that we can take and replicate it and emulate it. Um, you know, we, we think about calling um, special people or people that do things unicorns. You know, yeah, it's yeah, this yeah. unicorn, whether it's in stock or whatever it is. Yeah. Those aren't unicorns. Those are just people who are smart enough to not do the stupid stuff. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i mean when you put it that way then it makes what they're doing more realistic and I'm, I'm sure i've mentioned this to you i don't know but when i was with the phillies the big league seemed so far away just because those guys were special they were unicorns they're they're making 
20 plus million. You can't even look in their direction. Don't even talk to them. Right. That was like, you don't want to talk to them is basically the instruction we got as minor leaguers. And then I came over to Cleveland and first of all, their locker room was in the same building, which was a big shocker to me. I'm like, wait, they're not a mile away. (laughs) So they're in the same building and they actually came up to us and, and struck up conversations. And it was just, they seemed like humans and that just triggered something in my mind. Like, wow, it's actually possible to get to the big leagues and and what do you know it it actually worked for me but i think that's something in our society we probably should steer away from yes there's phenomenal people out there that are talented um maybe more talented than you in a certain area and of course people love the athletic talent but there's plenty of talents out there and uh, I've, i've always wanted to sing but um can't do that and I'm not gonna do it on this mic either. But <laughs> I don't know. You got the voice, Percy. You got the voice. We had C Grant on here. <laughs> well, and, and that's it doesn't a whole get yeah, another level. <laughs> doesn't get better than that one. So, um, but to me, I think that's a habit we need to break. And uh, you know, obviously, we can we can compliment people, but just don't make it so unreal that this person is is able to make these decisions and lead these people or do whatever it is, and just realize like, look. You know, because that's what I struggled with a little bit was self-confidence and just realize, you know, everyone has their own skills. Um, you know, I need to find out what that is or if I know what it is, you know, sharpen it, you know, a little bit, make it more, um, you know, just make it better so I can, you know, progress in my profession or whatever it is. And uh, I think that, you know, kind of leads in. I didn't do this on purpose, I swear, but this leads right into our strengths and weaknesses talk. Well, before you do that, <laughs> okay, Percy, okay. Want, so Dave Thomas has a, a really cool quote in his Who's book. Who's Dave Thomas? I'm joking. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think he had a chicken restaurant once. Actually, he did. That's where he got it started in, in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. he did. He was oh, a KFC wow. franchise. He helped him develop it. So, Oh, wow. Um, every role – let me make sure I get this right. Every role has a place, and every place matters. And and what he was talking about was the crew kids, right? High school kids or people who don't have college degrees who are in our restaurants every day, serving customers, making food, receiving, do, doing bigger things than what they realize. Every role is important. Every single one. And it doesn't matter whether you're the trash man or the, the street sweeper or anything else. You know, you, you mentioned it with the, the difference between the Phillies and the, the Indians, but you can see it in communities, right? The environment matters. Mm-hmm. The environment that we're in and, and what's important to a community matters. Um, that's, that's where you find none of our communities are perfect. Far from it. Yeah. But you know when you walk into a community and it's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know right away. Whether that be a block or a city or a town, it's like, okay, I don't want to stay here. Yeah. And you just feel it. So that's yeah. every role is every role is important. I like that. And, you know, because I always think everything back to sports. But uh I mean that's you know, I think LeBron has been quoted as saying that too. You know, when when people know, the another thing is when people know their role in and take it seriously and not think, oh, well, it's not that important, you know, so. I'm, I'm just the guy handing LeBron the towel after his seven-minute shift. <laughs> yeah, but if you had any idea how important that towel was to LeBron, your your view on what you contributed would be a lot bigger because yeah. that, that towel is important. Right? Yeah. It brings a lot to the game. I mean, we see LeBron always wiping his hands on his jersey anyway, so. <laughs> but, uh, so, 
you know, talking to Chris Lane here, I got someone who's very successful in the business world. Uh, I want to talk about some strength and weaknesses. So it's hard for me to ask this question. So I try to word it in different ways because <laughs> I know I want to, Hey, just brag about yourself. What are you good at? No. Uh, and this, this week on this episode, I'm going to word it like, you know, what are some things that you enjoy and do well? <laughs> Is that fair? Sure. <laughs> Um, some things that I enjoy and do well, well, um, I, I'm very predictable. You, you know what you're going to get. There, there's going to be very little surprise. So I'm, I'm very consistent and predictable. Um, I, I am exceedingly a perfectionist. Mm. Um, I, I hold myself more than anybody, but I hold those around me to a remarkably high standard. And and not that's also a weakness, right? Yeah. You can sometimes hold too high, but I think I do it in a way that that makes people want to be better. Yeah, uh, every day, and and you know, I, I I fully subscribe to the the fact that I'll never get there. I don't know where there is, but yeah. I'm never going to get there. <laughs> um, you know, so so those are some things that I you know I have a remarkable ability to remember things mm. just um, out of the blue, out of general conversations. Um, and and that that is something I've learned to use to create connections with people. You know, we don't talk frequently, but then I'll say, so how was um how was Joe's baseball game? Oh my gosh, you remember? <laughs> you know, it's it's find the important thing that that you know when you talk to someone, what they talk to you about is important to them. Yes. And instead of trying to figure out how to get them to talk about what's important to you. And I know you learned this probably really well from Steve, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but you know, hey, how about you let them talk and tell you what's important, and then figure out how to make what's important to you match what they've got. So, really being intentional about listening, I've, I've become a really good listener. So, yeah. yeah, well, that's that's a very important skill to have, um, and I like you know some of the things you shared. And I would say we have uh, that one thing in common. Um, where we just remember random stuff. I just, some of the stuff doesn't matter and I can't, you know, it's not going to help me in conversation with anybody, like knowing how many inches or yards are in a mile. I don't know why, but you know, I had great math teachers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dover and uh, Tim Smith. But um, th that is just something that, you know, I always think it's funny. My wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I remember all the stuff that doesn't matter, you know, spelling and, you know, everyone has autocorrect on their phones and calculators, but um, the other thing is, uh, I think it's very important, you know, is I love doing that in conversations, but I also, one of my weaknesses is, is sometimes stopping someone else's conversation and not listening because I know I'm going to forget. And I've done that on the show where you'll hit something and I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, okay. I got to remember what he just said. Cause I want to talk about that. And then I either stop listening to what you're doing or I forget what that thing you said that I wanted to touch back on. And I've told Josh like that, like, oh man, I really want to mention this one thing and I caught myself up in thoughts, but hey, that that's what happens on these shows, you know? <laughs> so, um, but I think it's listening is something that, you know, people probably don't really focus on, um, but it just helps in, in all aspects of life. If you're a salesman or if you just like talking to people, if you want to get to know, make friends, whatever that is, listening is the sure shot way to understand exactly what's important to those people. Now you went, uh, we talked about you being in the army, but I'm sure you went to the army with weaknesses. <clears throat> uh, this instead of harping on all your weaknesses that you ever have, <laughs> let's just talk about the ones that you feel like you, 
you know, maybe improved over the years, uh, not just in the Army, but just maybe being the, you know, running the Whitney's and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, no, I, I have a, a litany of weaknesses or shortcomings or, as we call them in the restaurant world, opportunities. Oh, okay. just sounds so positive. <laughs> no. Um, you know, my two biggest opportunities, and, and I'm going to give them to you in no particular order, but I, I think my ultimate biggest opportunity is I'm a horrible gift giver, which makes me a horrible celebrator. I, mm. You know, I love celebrating, but it's it's hard for me to celebrate the small things because I'm so always focused on how to make it better. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at giving gifts, which is, is weird because I know what's important to people, but I'm just not very creative. <laughs> it's like, man, ugh, it, it, I, and I dread it. Um, but, but I, that, that also follows me to work and I've become very intentional over the last two years of trying to find ways where, um, you know, celebrating the little things when I see it, because I, I'm not good at that. That's not my, my normal mode is I'm a problem solver, right? Yeah. You can't solve problems if you're not finding problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's a lot easier to solve problems if you just prevent them from happening. And you do that by celebrating the small stuff early. Oh, yeah. Duh, genius. And <laughs> the, the other is generally my demeanor does not say, hey, come talk to me. I, would I, agree. I, I, I would do agree. not, I do not <laughs> carry myself in a way, which it's so funny because you'd think after 45 years of people telling you, man, you're just not approachable. I am. What's wrong with you? Just get to know me. <laughs> um, you, you'd think I'd figure out how to change that. And I've probably gotten a little better at that, but that is still, you know, I, I don't smile, smile a lot. Um, and I'm very serious about everything. Just so <laughs> yeah, me those too. Are, those I never are, smile. <laughs> those are my two monstrous weaknesses. And it's so funny because I, you were, you even said, you know, you can talk to anybody. I've seen you. I'm an introvert to the nth degree. That's yeah. not where I feel comfortable. I can do it, but I think those two weaknesses are what makes me there. I, it's like that's not my natural um, environment. So those are my two killers. Well, we're we're looking to have this introvert on on uh, on camera in 2022 <laughs> once we have a normal talk. But <laughs> I do need to talk to you about that and how we're going to do things moving forward. But uh, fun times. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I think we touched on you know some blind spots that Emily. Um, and, and my wife, Krista could probably just lift, list off a hundred if they had a piece of paper, but um, I, I kind of want to, you know, touch on, you know, your community involvement just to remind people, because, um, I think it's important. Obviously that's what I've been focusing on the last few years since I came back, um, from baseball and there, there's just so many ways that you can get involved, it's not always just here, here's, you know, a check or, you know, there's plenty of ways you can get involved. So be creative. And I really want the younger people in this community to know um, and to, I guess, just fall in love with that that sentiment of generosity, um, no matter what it is, because uh, I know I fell in love with it now. And I, I, I've got I don't know if there's a Cupid for generosity or, <laughs> but I, I, I'm trying to figure out any way I can and I, I'm learning as much as I can, but I just, my focus is getting people, the young people to want to do that. Um, but like what made you, I guess, um, just want to do that or did it just come natural or did, was it, it like it, in the contract? Hey, you have to do this. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did not come natural. 
um, you know, do, doing some of the things that Emily and I do now are definitely way out of my comfort zone. I'm not a marketing guy. I hate to be on the radio. You, you, you learn to, to, to do those things and enjoy them, but it's not, it's not where I, you know, would typically say that's where I'm going to go spend my time. But, you know, the, the, probably that, that is Emily's biggest contribution to our marriage is that that was a glaring blind spot for me is, I was an introvert. I didn't want to go serve and do community stuff. You know, I would go to work and if I was passionate about it, I'd do it. Outside of that, pff, I'm not getting involved. No, my, my wife comes from a long line of people who've been involved and servants to the community and things like that. And, and watching that process and learning, um, you know, it, it, it reared its ugly head very early on in my Wendy's career. I'd, I'd been in Dover for maybe five weeks and I literally like, two days out of the army started at Wendy's, you know, <laughs> and, and imagine this guy walking in with these super pressed shirts and, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, holy cow. Well, I didn't want to go talk to customers. Mm. And, and my father-in-law said, you, you got to be out here. This is, this is, this is important. This yeah. is where you got to do it. What do you mean? I'm back, back there making food, you know, yeah. barking out orders and t- telling people what to do and stuff. <laughs> he said, no, really? Okay. A couple of days later, no, I'm serious. And here's how serious I am. For the next three days, when you clock in, you're not allowed to go to the kitchen at all. Wow. Don't go back past there. You stay out here the whole time. <laughs> and it just, but but I learned to talk to people, and I learned so much about our community and the people in it, and the the you know the, our customers. And yeah. Holy cow. So all of those things led me to a place where finding ways to serve and give. And, you know, the, the hard part about the young people, if you will, the millennials or whatever we're going to call them. And, and, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't go to the, the millennials or the, the bad generation are going to ruin America. You know, <laughs> they're no different than any other generation that's brought something different to the table. The one thing that I think they tend to struggle with, if you were to categorize them, is not feeling like they have anything to contribute. I think that that's mm. partly my generation's fault, right? Oh, you're just a youngster. Here, let me show you, you know, kind of thing. So really knowing and understand that whoever you are, you always have something to give, whether it's time, energy, creativity. Some people, it's it's money. Not everybody has those, but just because it's not money, just because it's not, I can't sing, I can't draw, I failed the recorder. <laughs> You couldn't play hot cross buns? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, li- literally failed to record. So, so but, but that just, that's not a skill that I can do, but I want to help that in other people. So I can't do the music, but I can write you a check for the instruments. Yeah. You know, um, it, or I can, I can help promote the concert or whatever it is. Just because I'm not musical doesn't mean I don't have something to give. And and really understanding that you always have something to give is so important. Just find what it is, right? We all have skills, talents, resources, or something. And just, just, but you have to want to do it and you have to want to give more than you want to receive. I've I've gotten so much in my lifetime. It's, it's time to start giving. So (laughs) I like that. And one important thing that I think everyone needs to know is this community. Yes. Um, I've learned a lot and there's some great businesses, great companies, great organizations, great people here, but there are tons of needs. So, um, and maybe people won't reach out and say, Hey, I need this, but 
you know, sometimes it can be up to you to go out and seek, uh, you know, opportunities for you to get involved. So uh, I do challenge everyone to do that. Uh, one last thing. Um, I know. What are you, 35? No. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I know you've had, you know, obviously good career so far. But is there anything else you want to accomplish, um, whether business wise or in the community or anything like that? <sighs> accomplish. I'm. Uh... You know, I I want to leave a legacy. Um, you know, I'm I'm carrying on the second generation of an already existing legacy, mm-hmm. and I want to leave an additional legacy for my kids that that makes them want to improve on what Emily and I have contributed. You know, in, in terms of overall accomplishments, I I want to serve on the school board someday. And if I don't, I want my wife to because I think we have a passion for learning and education in our community. Um, you know, I, I'd love to grow our business to 10 or 15 restaurants. We have seven and I don't want to do that for me. It's, it's the opportunities that we would create in that process. Um, so, you know, we're pretty simple folks. We just, we just want to try to share the blessings that we've been given. Um, and if, if, you know, the only other thing I want to accomplish is, really figure out how to crack the culture code, mm. whether it be racism, sexism, um, you know, what, whatever those isms are that are just beating our community into submission. How, how do we, by finding similarities, by finding ways to communicate, by helping each other when I don't need to help you, how do we, you know, we'll never get everything out, yeah. but how do we make it a secondary conversation, not a primary conversation? I like it. Well, I think basically, you know, what you've shared in this episode, uh, especially me, I've learned a lot and I've, you know, I'm going to watch this back to take some of the stuff you said, um, uh, since I don't want to sit here and take notes while you're, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think this is a great episode. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm just excited, you know, for people to to tune in and and just uh, learn a little bit more about Chris Lane. And, um, you know, he's not just, you know, a a red haired lady with smiling (laughs) or Dave Thomas. Greatest pigtails (laughs) on the planet. But I will admit I've been going there a lot more now that I that I've gotten to know you. Breakfast will get you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never like you were like, hey, Percy, you you got to start going to Wendy's. I just started going there. I like it. But now I'm on low carb diet. So this morning I had a sandwich with no bun. But anyways, <laughs> again, we thank you for being on the show. I look forward to learning more from you. Um, you know, we might have to make a lunch date uh, here coming up in this in the, the next coming months. Uh, but again, um, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Josh, for. Everything that you do, what does Josh do? No, I'm joking. He uh, does all the real work. <laughs> exactly. Right? All the real work. Exactly. I'm just up here running my mouth. Uh, but uh, make sure you guys do tune in to all the other podcasts on this network. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Your Pizza and Peterman Plumbing. And uh, we look forward to having another show next week. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, thank you. Peace.